welcome to another Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hey, Harry Hooligans, it's Big J. Melissa and Nelly is out for the week at her friend's wedding. Filling in the gaps in the show, though, are those insufferable muggle boys, Ben and Andrew, from that other Harry Potter podcast you may know as MuggleCast. Joining Melissa, though, and skipping off the show this week is our buddy Steve Vanderark, who had a bit of real life to attend to as well. But filling in for what isn't here in the show this week is the long-absence segment, The Fan Interview, conducted by the lovely Kimmy Blair. We also have a modcast this week covering everything you could ever want to know about the issue of splitting your soul in the Potter universe. An obvious correlation to the magic of says Ben, Andrew, and I try to get through some of your mail this week without any women to keep us in line. And I guess you'll just have to see how that turned up. So, might as well get moving on here. Big apologies to Melissa Nelly fans. Hopefully you'll stay with us for the rest of the show this week, which continues now, starting with the bit of Potter news with my pal Sue. Take it away, Sue. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Here are the latest in Harry Potter news headlines for you. There was some good news recently out of London, where author J.K. Rowling recently appeared at a special birthday party held for the Queen at Buckingham Palace over the weekend. Joe read from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and later told Reuters that she thought it was a wonderful idea to celebrate the Queen's birthday by celebrating children's literature. Joe said, quote, I really do think it is a golden age at the moment, end quote. We now have some good photos of Joe and the Queen up in our galleries. Also, during this party, a play was held that featured a specially filmed scene featuring actors Dan Ratcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, and Matt Lewis as their characters from the Harry Potter movies. This scene was filmed recently on the set of the Gryffindor Common Room while they were taping for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. This video clip is now available online for you, as well as there are some new photos of Rupert Grint and Matt Lewis who attended the celebration. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is currently on hiatus and will resume filming next month. Well, speaking of Order of the Phoenix, we did see a brand new interview with actor Jason Isaacs, who spoke about his role as Lucius Malfoy in the upcoming Order of the Phoenix movie. He said he would be filming his scenes for Phoenix in September and October, and many of those scenes would be filmed against a blue screen. These are most likely the scenes for the big battle at the Ministry of Magic. Warner Brothers also announced that Order of the Phoenix would be released in IMAX the very same day it is released in general theaters next year on July 13, 2007. And finally, we saw a brand new promo image of Dan Ratcliffe as Harry for Order of the Phoenix at a convention held recently in New York as well. Finally, we learned that author J.K. Rowling would be receiving an honorary Doctor of Laws degree from the University of Aberdeen for her continuing support of multiple sclerosis and research for the disease. This award will be presented on July 6th. Congratulations, Joe! Well, for further information on all these stories, you can always find it at leakynews.com, which is updated continually. Have a good week, everyone, and enjoy the show. This podcast is brought to you by Geek2Geek, the online social and dating site for geeks and people who want to meet them. Check them out at gk2gk.com. That's gk, the number two, gk.com. And we're back. Thanks, Sue, Yay. for some good news right there. You're welcome. Yes. Well, <laughs> like, like we said earlier, we are short one Melissa this week. Aww. It will be very sad. But uh, stepping yeah. in 
a friend you probably haven't heard on our show in a while. But you've heard every week on his show, our buddy Andrew over here. That's me. Yay, Andrew! Hi, everyone. Hi, Andrew Sims! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sue. <laughs> Trying to remember the last time I was on your show, because I remember... It was a while back, and I remember it was really early in the morning, like 2 a.m., and uh, I, I was really tired, and I, <laughs> I wasn't really into participating, because I had to school the next day, and I just didn't want to, and I, oh, I had to be quiet, too, because my family was asleep. So. Well, you were nervous. That's okay. You don't have to say how late it was. <laughs> it's okay to be nervous for podcasting. Oh no! You guys were on recently, I think, in a um, shrouded um, form when you recorded a little. Um, what was that? I forget. Was was it a Canican Nitro response or it was something? Yes, it was I think ben. it was. It was about who else was here at Godric's Hollow, and it it ended up being <laughs> Micah Tannenbaum and his and friends, which while almost believable, I don't know if. If they're quite Almost. In, in Joe's universe yet. Yeah. Maybe by book seven we'll all be in Joe's universe in some oh, man. random mention. <laughs> That'd be well, if she does squeeze, then I'm going to die right there on the spot. <laughs> the so. Tonks, tonks squeeze at somebody as they yeah. liked her haircut. Who knows? Yeah. What the hell? Well, oh, let's see. I guess well, we got a lot of news, and at least we have our Sue's lady here, Sue. So yes, what do we got going on yes. here? Well, you just mentioned the magic word hair because oh, yeah? we had quite a little fluff to do over hair. Oh, no, because not again. we saw, <laughs> yes, we did. We saw a clip now from the, uh, the trio and Neville yeah. are, made a special video clip for the Queen's 80th birthday party. And at, at the time of this is airing, it will have aired, I believe, in, in Buckingham Palace. And um, we saw a commercial for it. We have it up and we got to see a new, their, their new look of the trio and Neville, what they're going to look like in. Order of the Phoenix. Although oh. this scene wasn't specifically from Order of the Phoenix, it's them that was filmed on the Gryffindor set. And Neville's got a new do, new do, new do. Are we are we one hundred percent sure on that though? That that's that like. Wait, Neville? Are you guys are you guys talking about Dan though? Because Dan Dan got a pretty different haircut too. Well, he well I mean, or something. He's combed it over, or he's got a new style going I, with it. I think that may just that may have just been for this video for like. Yeah, being fancy for the queen. Absolutely, we we do not know. We should hesitate. We do not know if this is good, what their uniforms are going to look like in the new movie or their hairstyles. But we do know that this was filmed as they were recently filming Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. So let's be very very specific about that. But um, well, and Dan's had his short so, hair from his other uh, October right. boy. Right, movie. but we also saw uh, right. Dan's new hairstyle in the uh, at the New York licensing show. There was a promotional banner for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And um, it's the same hairstyle that he has in the Queen's 80th birthday party uh, skit that they are doing. I don't think we ever well, posted I mean, about that poster on Leaky, actually. We did have we do have did the we? poster okay. up, yeah. And but this clip, you know, this was a special scene. We, you know, it's the first time there that they were in character, we believe, away from the movie, and it was really just kind of seen because Hedwig, we think, or an owl, yeah. The scene that we saw that has them, they're helping solve this big mystery plot or whatever's going well, on. And she had a nice new haircut, I'd noticed. A new, a new uh, trim for her feathers. Her wig did. Yeah, she did. She's looking a, a very little stylish slimmer. bird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's been. <laughs> she changed her diet recently from mice and cake to maybe just mice. Yeah. Um, low fat, low fat mice. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the mice were also trim. Yeah. <laughs> 
Looking, looking know, good, Hedwig. Yeah, you know. but but Andrew, you're right about the promotional image because Dan did have his haircut, and there's a new um, there was a thing that was taking place recently in New York, the New York licensing show, and there it's where the they go and they deal with advertisers and and companies getting ready for like the tie-ins for movies. So there's the, like the the games companies and all that stuff are there, and so there Warner Brothers was there promoting Order of the Phoenix, and there up on the wall was Harry. Wow. And there was Dan with his wand at the ready pose. Yes. yes. With a little glow at the end. <laughs> Not quite a Lumos at the beginning of a Lumos. Yeah. Maybe it's it yeah. like a, a look. <laughs> That's how you get that little light out. Just, are, you, are you sure uh, that image wasn't from maybe like work. a promotional picture of a Prisoner of Azkaban? And then they just photoshopped out some of Harry's hair because... Sure, it sure looks like a generic pose. Oh, God. I don't know. I if think that's did. quite possible. <laughs> that would explain the choppy nature, right? <laughs> it looks like, a, like someone from the third from the third movie. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not the best quality. Yeah, that's, that's, I, thought, I, saw, I thought it was fake, but, you know, I figured if it was fake, it would probably be in a little higher quality, but... That's one of the tricks well, I, they use sometimes, though. Yeah, see, I'm not really sure where we got. They took that picture. I mean, it could have been taken from a camera phone, or you know, and I'm not yeah. sure what the poster looked like up on the wall. If it was a projection, or if it was a poster, or what it was. But so it just looked a little distorted. I know, could, Andrew. Could you tell? I don't know if you could, but was there a scar? Um, Did he have a I'm scar? Not, I'm not sure. Hold on, let me let me try and find it. I mean, the quality on that picture wasn't even that great to begin with. Yeah. So even if it even if the scar was there, we probably wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, I, I think it was fake because I noticed that his eyes weren't even green. So I think oh. it's got to be a fake. Because <laughs> Dan Rad's eyes are always green. You don't add your comments to your posters and you don't add your scars to your superheroes. It's interesting, though. I mean, at all the places that we see our first promotional banner for Order of the Phoenix, it's at this New York licensing show. And I had never even heard of this thing before. Well, they probably didn't want to. It was probably looks like a required thing that they had to do. And they probably wanted to make this big release of all the promotional materials well, in a grander form. Well, but, you know, I mean, it, it takes a lot of time to set up, you know, licensing deals and getting the games going and stuff. And so this is this was I really don't believe this was it was not meant to be like a huge public thing. So I'm sure that they weren't really anticipating. Yeah. The, rabid nature of the fans out there so this is like a a serious black coming out with no makeup oh, um, right. with the fan oh, in the back yeah. lot looking like you know do you remember that yeah. oh man that was like a big deal whoa i think we have that yeah. picture in the gallery now still i remember when we first saw that yeah. wb was immediately like ah oh, take that down that's, oh, that's not the real thing because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he looked he looks silly he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't look as cool as he looks in the movie in that same costume for some reason it's like they well, caught him just least- looking so docile he's just like yeah, here i am do you think he'll look better do you think he'll look better in Phoenix? I mean... I, you know, I've seen some pictures of him in other movies, because yeah. we've got a bunch of screenshots of all the actors in other movies, and he has looked, mm-hmm. you know, dapper, I guess, whatever the hell you say yeah. for, like, a you know decent-looking guy, and he's not looked shaggy, like, like serious. So I don't know if they'll take him all the way out to that extreme, where he's actually, you know, dressed up nice, but I don't know. You I think know. if it's, just... it's a going-out movie here for number five... Yeah, they'll they'll do something better with him than put his head in a fireplace. Oh God, that was just terrible. Those lumps of coal just just. Oh, yeah, me. I know. Those were, those were bad. <laughs> I like how we saw we saw that was another bit of news. They had a little feature about the special effects of some some companies' special effects for the fourth movie, and they showed it for serious. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "What are you trying to impress us with? That was the worst effect in the entire movie. <laughs> I, I don't care how you did it. You ruined the whole." 
idea of, of flu powder. You should be yeah. spanked for that. Yeah. Don't brag about it. Did we talk about that at the live podcast? I remember talking about it. I don't know if it was on MuggleCast or a leaky mug, but I remember we were just sitting there going, oh, geez, I hope this isn't the final thing. I think we did, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, did we? Yeah. We were not pleased. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Look out. Because there's so many other mentions of flu powder in the later books that this effect will make zero sense for it. I, I just want to see what the other end of the fire looks like. If you have your... Yeah. I mean, we already, we already talked about if you have to jam your head into the ashes to talk and, and how you don't <laughs> choke. That's great. But what, yeah. Well, oh, well, okay, now I want to talk about my favorite actor because we're talking about special effects. Okay. I know. I know. Jason Isaacs, everyone. Woohoo! Jason Isaacs. Saw a new interview. Yeah. He did. He's such a funny guy. He is. He uh, was talking about them filming, and he's going to be filming his scenes for the ministry in September and October. And um, he's talking about they had a, they have to sign. He says they have to quote sign these incredible confidentiality clauses where we offer up our children's eyeball if we ever break them. <laughs> and that's just funny because then he proceeded to break the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell what he's going to be shooting. But he noticed he did say that it's a big blue screen battle. It's interesting the for blue a lot screens. of it. Yeah. Do you think it's just going to be all the exploding, like, you know, the, the, I hope like the time turner and that kind of stuff isn't just all blue screen. Well, I, I mean, bet, I, you know, what I, probably a lot of it is, is there's so many people down there at once yeah. to choreograph everybody fighting perfectly each for one take at the same time mm-hmm. would be a very grueling shooting schedule. I bet they're probably shooting these little duels separately and compositing them later. So that's the blue screen is yeah. the best way to do that. That's my hunch, at any rate. I don't know, for real. Mm. I hope they at no. least built that set somewhere oh, me at too. some point. Yeah. That's probably one of the Ex- cooler sets of the films. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, just the not the veil alone, but I mean, just the room with the prophecies. I wanted to see like a big wall of all those prophecies come just crashing down, yeah. you know. When, uh, you don't know, you know think it's like a little five-foot bookshelf? I mean, spend a little bit more grand than that. if it was like a 20 foot <laughs> cement something old five year old 500 year old shelf come crashing down but i could see it being one of those little balsa wood um shelves from kmart that you put together with no drivers. <laughs> be- yeah they'll send the crew out to their nearest target yeah. store there you go and get this little <laughs> they spray it with a cobweb in a can <laughs> No, I think their budget's doing a little better these days. I, I, we're hoping so. Thinking Folks, of, don't worry. We don't yeah. know. We're just joking. <laughs> they can afford to give Dan $60 million. I think they can afford this no. prop. $60 million. No, is it, is it like 40 It's something like that, isn't it? I thought I remember hearing James Bond. an article one time, but I know it's a lot of money. Well, it's more than know. 10 or $15 million. I thought I heard well, 40 I thought I heard 40 Actually, 40 No. No, I heard, I think... Didn't we hear like one of those crazy lists that they posted or something? Like he got eight million dollars at the time. Somebody said that. I don't well, know. I don't know. It's just all rumored. Yeah. We don't. We don't know. Yeah. It's a. It was an old article. I think that came out a while ago. I don't. I don't. I don't think we know for five, but we think we knew for four at some point. Either way, he he earned it. It's yeah. <laughs> he. I mean, it's not like we're gonna come up to these last few movies and he's gonna be like, yeah. "What? You want to pick another Harry Potter? No. <laughs> all right, give me my money." No. No, but I, I'm really looking forward to that battle in the ministry. And I mean, I mean, last week we heard Ray Fine say something that he's looking forward to that duel with with 
Gambon and uh, you know, yeah. and then Jason as Lucius and and you know Mad Eyes down there and all those guys. That's gonna I be the think, coolest thing ever. Bellatrix, oh man, all those just, wow. all those actors down there, you know, who are used to being on the stage or doing something classy, and they're gonna be out there with wands yeah. <laughs> fighting each other. And that's what I can't <laughs> wait to see because we've only ever seen you know spells being fired one at a time with the words coming out when they do it but now this is like our first glimpse of how they describe the battles as their wands move so fast like they're in a blur and they're just shooting out spell after spell it's like whenever i play with my harry potter wand i have my (laughs) thought of how that looks so i don't know if they'll be dueling as you know awesome as i duel when i'm (laughs) yeah when i'm in a blur right i'm looking forward to see how they do this here Dude, I want you to tape one of those little sessions. Like, you get Joseph over there, and you guys can have, like, a little mock battle. We should do one in Vegas, At Lumos, I'm going to have my wand with me wherever I go. (laughs) People are just going to have to be on their toes so they don't get expelling armors. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. I can just see you guys up there, you know. Expelling armors! People are going to be in trouble. Uh, Wind up on their bums. A, a random flippendo down the street. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's some of my favorite scenes in the in these movies have been with the adults, with the kids out of the way. Yeah, oh, just totally. like Prisoner of Azkaban yeah. and the Riddle House, and it, yeah. that's when the movies just really yeah. stand out to me. Yeah, really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. Well, and the Shrieking Shack too, with all the adults plus the kids too. That's what I meant. Just... <laughs> at the Riddle House. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the kids are just kind of sitting there, like watching these guys act. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Wow. I like it. Well, yeah, but I mean, the quality of the acting. I mean, Alan Rickman. Jeez, you know, I, I love Alan because, Rickman. He's you know, he's so great. Yeah. He's he's good, but you know, I don't know why they had to pick somebody so ungood looking. <laughs> That's debatable, John. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. But you know, these scenes are going to look good because we also got the news that the movie is coming out in IMAX the same Better. day as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, that's going to be tough. Ooh. You know, because this is coming out in, in next summer, right? Yeah. yeah. What do you think the biggest release is going to be of next summer? Yeah, Spider Man oh, I mean, Three. <laughs> Oh, no, I know. Well, you know, kidding. I don't no. want to, you know. <laughs> well, I can't say that, but I think I'm going to see that movie, too. No, I'm like, sure it'll be good, still. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for Superman to come out next week, too, but got to support the Warner Brothers films. Yeah. yeah. I love you, Orna. Yeah. yeah. We do. We love you. Warner Brothers, we love you. No, I love you more, Orna. Don't listen to John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, I mean... I doubt. I mean, they can't have the premiere be at an IMAX. That would just be too cool. They're gonna put like the premiere at some. I mean, I guess the 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 screens for the premieres are pretty sweet too. But I'd love for the world premiere to come back to uh, US. That'd be neato. What do you think it'll be this time? I guess it's very early for speculation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On England, I guess. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be over there. Aren't they all? Haven't they all been? Well, what about? I thought the first two movies. Weren't the first two movies? Oh, did they? This was yeah, U.S. I world remember, premiere. Yeah, I guess so. Has Has the U.S. premiere been in New York every time, or has it been yeah. in L.A. sometimes? No, it's been in New York, but I just wasn't sure about the. Now, now this is where we really need Melissa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's Skype out. My memory Melissa. is bad, bad today. No. Oh man. Well, I guess is there is there anything else more? Yes, newsy? one more thing. 
Yeah, yeah. One more thing. Uh, Joe was recently it was announced that she's getting her an honorary degree, her Doctor of Laws, for her amazing and lifelong continued. Um, Contribution. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I cannot speak to multiple sclerosis. And I just think that, that is so – I admire Joe so much. And she does all these charity work, and I, I just think that this is really a cool honor that she's getting. So I, I heard they were going to give her the Kudos. diploma on like a scroll, like a old Harry Potter-style scroll that, that looks really right. hogwarts Um uh, I think a lot of times those things are on scrolls, John. Well, no, like like a worn paper kind of scroll. <laughs> oh, man, it's summertime already. I can't believe it. I know. It's, it's hot. hot. I'm all the way up in Ohio, <laughs> and it's still hot God, up it's here. it's hot here. I finally got yeah. there. You guys, your last uh, last mention of me, I was stranded, of all places, at Melissa's apartment. That's right. Two nights ago. There again. My flight got canceled, so I... She picked me up at Newark Airport and hung out with the kitty cat. And oh, yes, the cat. time. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Every, that was a good story. Everybody needs to email Melissa to convince her to just keep the dang cat. Not, <laughs> oh, she's going to kill you. <laughs> it's the cutest, Don't do it. cutest dollish cat you've ever seen. And the cat. Did you name it dollish? You know, it, but by the end of the night, it started to respond to dollish. That's <laughs> really. Funny. I'm like, dollish, what you doing? Just kind of looks up and just kind of waves its paw at me. It's like, leave me alone. I'm not talking to you right now. But it Aww. responded to the dollish. See, so it has no other choice. Yeah. It's officially the little dollish. Kid. I think Dolly is a good girl name for the cat. Well, oh, I guess my. maybe we should move on to the rest of the show. We yeah. don't have Melissa to push us along anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is the trouble. I have to think. I have to, I have to look at my little bracelet that says, What would Melissa do? And yeah. realize we have to push the show along. <laughs> you mean you don't all wear those two? No. <laughs> She, she told me that all the staff wore those, so isn't that not true? Oh, um, oh uh, yes, it is, I think John. she tricked me. <laughs> As Sue pulls hers out of the trash. <laughs> Whoops. Takes the dust off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm before that note before she kills me. Yeah, her. well, we got a podcast, a few other things, and we'll be back in a little bit. In the Fan Corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Not me, not Hermione, you. Hello, this is Kimberly Blair, otherwise known as Kimmy Blair throughout the forums, and I am here today to interview Mariah. Mariah is a U.S. citizen who is currently living in Bulgaria. Um, She's been living there for about a year and a half with the Peace Corps, and she's here to talk about some of her experiences as a Harry Potter fan in a country that's not so Harry Potter-centric, such as the United States or England, maybe. How are you doing today, Mariah? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Kim? I'm excellent. Um, I don't know if you just want to start off by talking about some of your general thoughts on Harry Potter in Bulgaria. First of all, I live in a small town of about 3,000 people where the Harry Potter books aren't readily available. Um, people can go into the neighboring city to buy the books, but they're expensive, and um, so people don't they just don't have the availability like they might in the bigger cities. The school recently actually got a set of the series, but once again, the kids haven't had a chance to read them yet. They're really excited about it, though. Now, you mentioned that you know they were just, the school was just able to get copies of the books. Are they in English? Are they in Bulgarian? They're in Bulgarian. They're all hardback. It doesn't it doesn't matter how long ago the books came back. The first book is still in hardback. And that's another reason that the books here are expensive and hard to get their hands on. Um, what are some different reactions that you've had when people have seen you 
reading Harry Potter. Usually the first thing they comment on is how big the book is, especially if it's something from Prisoner of Azkaban and on. Um, and then it doesn't take people very long to realize that it's a Harry Potter book and that it's in English. Um, and actually, this is how I realized how hard it was for people to get their hands on Harry Potter, because they'd be really disappointed that it wasn't a Bulgarian copy, and therefore they wouldn't be able to read it either. But also, a, a lot of adults are are really surprised to see me reading a children's book because, you know, I'm a, an adult here in America, and they they just don't expect to see me reading a Harry Potter book. But um, but then they re- they say mm-hmm. again. That's a really big book. I can't believe that that's a children's book. So in some ways, they equate the size of it with, you know, whether or not it's appropriate for adults to read. So have you not seen a lot of adults reading the Harry Potter books there? Is it just basically the children or? It's well, even the children, it's only a handful. But like I said before, there are some adults who uh, who do read it. The vice mayor um, actually mm-hmm. saw me reading uh, Prisoner of Azkaban once. She got all excited because she thought that I had the sixth book and, you know, she wanted to talk to me about it. But. This was in the summer, and it was before um, Half-Blood Prince had come out yet. Um, okay, so now as we saw in the last movie, The Goblet of Fire, mm-hmm. there was a Bulgarian character in that movie, which is that something that... What is the reaction that the Bulgarians have to seeing you know, one of their own characters and then one of their own members of the country being cast in that role? Well, first of all, I first started reading Harry Potter while I was in Bulgaria, so it was really exciting for me to see... Mm-hmm. A, a Bulgarian character. Um, it's kind of like reading about someone from your hometown um, or a character from your hometown in this huge book. And I think that a lot of the people who read the books and see the movies feel the same way about it. Every time, you know, the kids who had already read the books saw me reading the books, they would always say, the first thing that they would say would be, do you know that there's a Bulgarian character in that book, you know, and, and be all excited about it and, you know, talk about theories about, about Chrome and all that stuff. Um, as for uh, Stanislav Yanevsky, Everybody's really excited about him. The press coverage was huge. It seemed like every other day there was, you know, something in the newspaper about him being in the movie and about the movie in general. So it was, there was a whole lot of excitement about having, you know, a Bulgarian actor playing this Bulgarian character in a world famous movie. It was really exciting. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Now, um, it's my understanding that you were there for the opening of Goblet of Fire in Bulgaria. Is that correct? Yes, I was. And I actually tried to get tickets for the Bulgarian premiere, um, the big premiere that, that Stanislav went to and Mike Newell as well. But um, the tickets were impossible to get. We tried so many different ways. There were about seven other volunteers who were interested in going with me. And we were calling, sending emails mm-hmm. and you know, couldn't get any response. And finally, we uh, we talked to Peace Corps, the staff in Sofia about it. And they said, um, well, actually, mm-hmm. even the embassy couldn't get many tickets. Only the actual ambassador from the United wow. States got three tickets, one for himself, his wife and his son. So um, it was a big deal. And there's no way anybody from the public was going to get into it. I did go to the uh, public premiere, which was also amazing. Lots of people there, you know, completely sold out. The theater was crowded well before, you know, showtime. And every the, the Quidditch World Cup was really, really cool because every time, you know, the Bulgarian flag would show up on screen, everybody would kind of whisper and point it out to each other. And any time Bulgaria was mentioned, there was just kind of a murmur of excitement. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, now, you have said that you've had some different observations about the people who do read Harry Potter compared to those who, who do not perhaps read it. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share any of those with us? 
Well, like I was telling you before, only a handful of kids that I work with and, you know, who live in my town have read the books. And actually, these kids mm -hmm. stood out to me before I even knew that they loved Harry Potter. Bulgaria has a lot of racial problems, and it is usually directed toward the Roma or the gypsy population. Um, my town is actually pretty diverse for Bulgaria, and the level, level of tolerance is a, is a lot higher here than in most places, but kids still learn, you know, these ethnic and bigoted slurs at home and sadly sometimes even in the classroom. Um, and so you'll hear kids saying stuff about, you know, the Roma population or other people in general. But the thing that amazes me about the people, the kids who read Harry Potter is that they have never made any kind of bigoted comments like that in front of me. And they're also always the ones who make sure that everyone gets a turn when we're playing baseball or they're helping people out, you know, in my computer classes. And it, it's just really amazing to me. And I'm not sure if it's because these kids were drawn to the books because they were already special in terms of being open-minded and willing to help others or because they come from good families. Or on the other hand, if they actually learned the concept from Harry Potter to such an extent that they practice it as actively as they do. But it, it's really impressive in, um, in a culture where such intolerance occurs. Yeah, because that's definitely one of the things that we see in the books is that, mm -hmm. oh, you know, there's all of the different backgrounds and all the different blood statuses. And we see the, some people definitely. that are very discriminatory against that and some people are very open. So it's definitely an interesting fact that something mm -hmm. that, although it might not be related, it might be that that's how they were and that's what as you said, what draw them, drew them to the books. Right. But it's very interesting to see that, you know, that's something that Joe is reflecting that is in real life and she's reflecting in the stories. Okay. Is there anything else you kind of want to share with us? Um, Just on your general experiences, anything that, um, you know, the people that you've met there who have been around for the other books or movies, just anything like that? Um, Actually, I was talking to a few of the kids about um, Harry Potter in general. And um, and then I was asking them, actually, before we talked about Harry Potter, if they knew who Stanislav was. Um, I forgot to mention this before when we were talking about Stanislav. And um, and even though most of these kids don't really keep up with, you know, the movies and stuff, they're more into the, the singers, the pop singers in Bulgaria. They all remembered Stanislav. They all thought he was really cool and, you know, really loved him. And uh, once again, I, I just can't say how exciting it is. I don't think that that. Joe does something like this on purpose to bring national pride. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that it still happens. Bulgarians in general are very aware that they're a smaller town, a smaller country, kind of like a hometown, like I mentioned before, that's kind of under the, the global radar. And it, it just is pretty cool to have this kind of attention brought to Bulgaria just through the books, no matter how small it might be. Um, actually, when I got my Peace Corps assignment, a lot of my a lot of my friends and family thought that Bulgaria was in, in South America, and so I think if nothing else, people who read Harry Potter are learning about this region, are are learning about Bulgaria and Romania and Albania, and even if they just know where it is in the world, that's that's something, and perhaps they'll even go and and pick up a book. Well, that's definitely cool. Thanks very much for sharing that with us. Now, are you ready for the infamous live or die segment? I guess so. Yeah. Okay. First, we have Harry. What do you think? Live or die? I think he'll live. What about Ginny, who's my favorite? I think she'll also live. Hermione? I don't see Hermione or Ron dying, honestly. What do you think about Voldemort? <laughs> oh, I'm so torn on that. I mean, it, 
it seems obvious that he has to die, but at the same time, I don't want Harry to be a murderer. I, I, I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. Okay, and here's our last one. Professor Snape. He's going to die. I hope that he's on the order side, but he's done too many bad things to make it from both sides. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us. I provide a lot of different insights, so thank you very much, and I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks a lot. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's Modcast. Hello, my name is Kimmy Blair, otherwise known in the real world as Kimberly Blair, and I'm here with... This is Jason, the guru of sloth. And this is Laurie, otherwise known on the forum as Asphodel Wormwood. Today's topic is, I'm sure I've promised this to you before when we have to talk about those hideous Gryffindors, and we're doing something that's going to pertain to the ultimate Slytherin of them all, the Dark Lord, and how he's managed to be the best wizard of them all by splitting his soul repeatedly so that he lives forever. Really, the technicalities of how the soul is split. Thoughts, guys? Soul splitting is something that gets a lot of different discussion because there's a lot of different aspects of soul splitting. There's, you know, how much soul gets split every time. Um, Does it split completely every time or does it just tear every time you kill someone? Is it a literal is it a literal yeah. break? Well, let's start. What is what is the soul? The, um, Jason, you had ideas on like thinking about dementors and the fact that the soul can actually be removed, sort of though it's right. like an organ or something like that, but it doesn't function as a physical part of the body. I mean, if you remove the heart, you're going to die. If you remove the soul, you're just a living physical shell with nothing inside it. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of what's interesting, and I like the way you say that it's. An organ, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird way to think about it, but it makes it clear that in the Harry Potter world, the soul is this very real thing. It's, you know, it, you may not be able to see it. You know, I don't know how, you know, it's very complicated magic to manipulate it, but, you know, it exists and it's a this sort of, I don't know if you could call it physical, but, you know, it's a real thing. Um, and it's, you know, one piece of a person. So, I don't know, it's... It's kind of confusing to me that if, you know, if a Dementor sucks out a person's soul, their body goes on living. Yeah. You know, it's they say it's kind so of it's not, like a fate worse than death or something. If they but, go on living, they are just a body. There's no, from what I gather, they've, I think there's still some form of thought because you're aware that's what I'm thinking, uh, that you're existing. Otherwise, it wouldn't be that unpleasant. Yeah. It would just I be, think because you talked about the person being left with no soul is kind of like a shell. Voldemort kind of is losing his his human qualities yeah, and kind definitely. of turning into a shell. And that kind of, I think, represents how he's losing more and more of his soul. Also, at the same time, I think it's interesting that people who lose their soul don't have that, don't lose the characteristics like Voldemort is doing. Mm-hmm. Well, he's so I tearing think, it. He's, you know, mutilating his soul more than... That's, yeah. Um, it could be the unnatural way that he's going about yeah. it that is doing the yeah, damage because so much. although he's damaging it, Dumbledore has said it's not damaging his mind. So I think that's so that in itself separates the soul from the mind. So we've got this strange entity that's probably something to do with, um, I don't know, it's connected with love and probably strong emotions and morality and things like that. Now, um, what do you think about the soul splitting? Do you think that it gets split in half every time? 
Do you think it's an uneven amount that gets split every time? Yeah, I, I, I have a problem thinking about it mathematically um, at all, which I know people do. And you, you do kind of think about that because obviously each time you do it, it's getting worse. So in a way, you kind of do have to think about it. But it's hard for me to think of like a soul as, you know, okay, you've got a certain like amount or something. And each time you tear it, you know, you have less and you can kind of quantify that it's less. It would spit like one half, one fourth, yeah. one eighth, one sixteenth. I just feel like you're kind of like, you know, you're doing something to it. You're you're tearing it, you're ripping it. And if you make a horcrux, you're actually taking that some torn piece and, and encasing it somewhere else. But, you know, I don't know. Ooh. It's hard for me to think of a soul like an having idea. an amount or a size Since or a quantity. Idea, you know, it's really it's, good. Right. Okay, right. You know, you know, um, when what was it that that half breed thing? Oh, a centaur uh, said about having a cursed life and a half life, and a lot of people are like, oh, half life. Mm. I've done that in physics, and I was like, right. yeah, it's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> Let me hear what you but have to say you, about what this. What about what if when you break the salt, it's like that? So when you split the salt the first time, it depletes by fifty percent. Then the bit that's left depletes by fifty percent. So say a human being has you know a half life of whatever, it works in that sort of sense. Hmm. Yeah, that's that would be interesting because that means the first Horcrux that um, Voldy made would have half of his soul in it. So therefore, defeating that one, that would be more powerful than, say, his last Horcrux, which would have like one thirty second right. of his soul. That is you know? interesting. So would that make yeah? Would that make make um, breaking or ruining that first that one half percent soul harder than defeating you know breaking the one thirty second mm-hmm. of the soul? You know. That's just something yeah. that when Harry comes to, you know, break these or whatever it is word that we're using. Destroy uh, them. It's something that he's going to have to face, you know. Maybe the diary was one of the later ones and that's why Harry could do it so easily while the ring, when Dumbledore defeated it, you know, it killed his the, whole hand because maybe perhaps that had seems like the diary couldn't have been too late because he was only yeah. 16 when he made it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, it's an interesting idea and, and it could very well be right. I just... I don't know. It's it's hard for me to think about it that way. Like, and knowing knowing uh, Joe <laughs> maths, as she says, isn't really yeah. her strong suit. <laughs> it could be that just sort of. I, I think it, I don't know. Seven percent comes out or something, but then it's like seven percent of the original. So let's do this in like let's say it's a physical mass or weight, whatever. I don't do science, and seven grams come <laughs> out every time you split it. And then you run yeah. out of soul. Oops. See, I think... I don't think right, that will work. This is I weird. think you have to have a finite amount. This is getting really speculative and, and maybe way off track. But like, say you, you've got your soul and you take some out. If you think of it in like a container or something, it kind of like still is going to fill up that container, but somehow it's lessened. Like it's... Yeah. You know, there's, so it becomes less like concentrated every time. Each time you start taking stuff out, it's getting more and more yeah. diluted, more and I less, of that less well. human. I have a little image of like... The Dark Lord's soul in a beaker. So it's not like he's going to run out. Like he could split it like endlessly, but he's going to get to this point where. But like, so it's like a half life of like um, uh, potency. This is what I was really hoping we would get into, and I think we are now. I think we all. It sounds like we all agree that whether you are making a Horcrux or not, every time you commit murder in the Harry Potter world, you are damaging, tearing, ripping your soul, and then. You know, are there ways that you can heal it, or what happens to I the soul that's been damaged? I think you can heal it. I think if someone forgives you completely, yeah. then then it will heal. And I'd I'd love for that to be true because you know it's just like there are some people who maybe have had to kill under pressure and they never really wanted to. Exactly. Cough, snake, cough. And if <laughs> if he was forgiven by those 
you know, who were hurt most by it. Obviously, you can't be forgiven by your victim because they're dead. Then his soul, his soul will heal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. When you they say tear or rip, they don't. You know, you can tear a piece of paper mm-hmm. and it can still be whole. Yeah. You know, and you can just tape it back up or something like that and repair it. So it's possible that if it's just torn, seems like there you know, might there always be. It. I mean, there'd probably always be some kind of scar or something, yeah. but maybe you could make yourself. Well, yeah, the holy. scar is. Ill. I mean, because if you kill it. someone, you're never going to forget that. Like it's always going to yeah. be with you, it's... no matter what the reason. You're you know, always, what kind yeah, of justification? You know, even if Dumbledore say he killed Grindelwald, you know, even if it was completely justified and you know it was in the midst of context of a war or whatever, he's still not going to forget that, and it probably weighs on him in a certain way. So, let's say you've got a bit of your soul's, you know, been rent into, and you're wondering, well, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to let it sit in here? Or look, I've got this really, really nice little cup that's like really, really old. Why don't I put it in there? Okay? The first question to me, is there a time limit on it? Do you have to do it, like, immediately? Because if you don't do it immediately, then what if the stole starts healing again? You know, what if right. you start feeling guilty and start thinking, I shouldn't have done that? If you think start feeling like that, then may- maybe it sort of starts to heal again. Or what if someone starts forgiving you and it starts to heal? So do you have to do it really quickly or what? You see in um, Half-Blood Prince that Tom Riddle mm-hmm. has the ring. And he hasn't learned about making the Horcruxes yet. And so he has already killed and it has been a length of time. You don't know exactly oh, how true. long it's been. Um, I would assume that he hadn't, like, he wouldn't leave the school to go off. He only and goes home. Kill his at uncle or whatever. He only goes to the orphanage I would, in the summer. Yeah. So I would think he would have done it in the summer. And I would think that this far into the year, you know, it would have been some amount of time. Now, granted, it could be the case that Tom Riddle doesn't care. So he well, doesn't ever feel bad about <laughs> this. He's kind of unique in the sense that he so probably that, never that feels is, remorse. Yeah, it's not like he's going to... Yeah. So that is possible, but that does suggest that there is some level of time that can be between making the Horcrux and the, the kill that tears the soul. Yeah, that's, so. that's a tough and question. And then it comes back to intent, we we- because we know that a lot of magical power is to do with intent. You have to you have to mean them, as, as Mrs. Right. Mrs. Lestrange would say. And <laughs> if he means... That he wanted that person dead for his own selfish gain, then yeah. it, his soul's not going to heal. He doesn't want his soul to heal, and nobody's likely to forgive him. And right. he can probably keep that breakage, that that tear in his soul, for as long as necessary. Obviously, the quicker it gets put into a Horcrux, the better, because you know that's getting closer and closer to um, obviously being immortal. Well, no, if you if you split your soul, you are yeah. immortal. It's like it's like giving yourself chances, like cats. Like, he's obviously mm-hmm. got several chances of being tied to the earth because he's got horcruxes all around. What do you think? Splitting the soul is bad. Is it bad because the only way you can do it is killing? Therefore, you've done something bad in order to have your soul split. Or is it bad in itself? Is it what's wrong with having a split soul? Does that make you less of a person? Say you've been mm. put under the Imperius curse and you've been made to kill someone. Does that do you suffer because you've got a split soul? I think the soul is not something that's supposed to be split, and therefore to split it is yeah. Why you know the it fact is kind that of you a did split it is why it's such a bad. It, I don't know. I, I I mean I think it's it seems clear that. It takes something so horrible because it is so horrible. And so it's kind of like, it's like both directions almost. And then the result too. But right. But it's like, 
such a horrible result could only come through a horrible process. So I think that kind of indicates that the thing itself is bad, not just... It's like the drinking of the unicorn blood. You know, it's you lead a cursed life because mm -hmm. what you're doing is so bad, you know, so it's kind of like the same... Right, so uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion on soul splitting and don't try it at home, kids. It's really bad. So long. This podcast is brought to you by Geek2Geek, Geek, the online social and dating site for geeks and the people who want to meet them. Geek2Geek Geek was specially designed for people like us. Even the questions are geeky. Check it out at gk2gk.com. That's gk, the number two, gk.com. Be sure to enter group code POTTER. Listeners of Pottercast get special benefits and are able to find other listeners when they check their matches. And we're back, Mailbag 45, or something like that. Mailbag Sans Melissa and Sue. Sadly, this crazy week continues. I've got two of my friends from Big MC over here. Oh, yeah. The MogoCast fan chat cast? Yes. I'm, I'm Ben M. Parker. <laughs> ben M. Parker returns. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Andrew's kind of back again. We've we, we got Andrew on for almost this entire show, don't we, Andrew? And it's about. We're going to try to get through some mail tonight and just add a little more length to this show. I don't know about quality, but certainly length. Our longest show ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let me find these fun little voicemails. Hi, I recently read a theory that Hufflepuffs should have been Death Eaters instead of Slytherins because they're more loyal, where the Slytherins, to quote the Sorting Cat, will do anything to achieve their ends. Um, I was just wond wondering what you thought about this, and yeah, this is Leia Black on the forums. Thanks, bye. Well, it's because in order to be a Death Eater, you have to have... You have to be self-concerned. You have to be more of a selfish person. It's not to say that all... I mean, there could be a Hufflepuff that's a Death Eater. You know, because yeah. not all Slytherins are Death Eaters, and not all Hufflepuffs are necessarily good side. I mean, look at Sue. She's she's Death Eater. <laughs> no, Sue. <laughs> and I think I knew Sue's response. No. Squee! Sue <laughs> wouldn't be excited about that. Sue wouldn't be... Hey! <laughs> No, but um, yeah, I guess. I mean, if if a Hufflepuff happened to believe some of the things that Voldemort believes, then yeah, they probably would make a good Death Eater because of their loyalty mm. to a cause. But uh, it just seems like more Slytherins come from the the belief that uh, you know magic should be kept in pureblood families mm -hmm. and things like that. And I don't know if that's just coincidental just because of the characters that we know that are Slytherins or what, but certainly a Hufflepuff would make a good Death Eater, don't you think? Definitely, because... Because <laughs> they're, uh, they're hardworking, they're loyal, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's probably Death Eaters from all houses. Like, I did a... If you want to listen to Mugglecast, probably a good idea anyways, but um, you'll, you'll hear you'll hear where we talk a lot about, like I did um, one of my segments about um, how stereotyping is a bad thing yeah. and how we shouldn't, you know, make it what I like to call a hasty generalization sure. about mm -hmm. things like all Slytherins being Death Eaters or all Giants being bad and sure. baby eaters, you know? Yeah. 
Putting the babies on the spikes. And you know, it's it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job. It's hard for us. Like it's hard for it's hard for us as humans to not you know generalize things with just for a group of people. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, stereotyping is definitely uh, something that seems to be uh, human nature with many people. But um, yeah, that's 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 a good point. And uh, you know, also you know, consider this. If there were some Hufflepuff Death Eaters, what don't you think Voldemort would have been back way earlier than you know ten years later? That's probably don't, true. Don't you think more Death Eaters would be try, would try to find them? Um, well, it all depends because, of course, there were some loyal Death Eaters like the Lestranges and stuff. Yeah, but at the I mean, same time, are they Hufflepuffs? Do you think? I I'm not so sure about that. You know, you know, Lucius was a Hufflepuff, and he <laughs> yeah. was definitely, he was definitely, no, I mean, he wasn't a Hufflepuff, well, he was a Slytherin. He's a, he's a pretty me. boy, like Cedric. Yeah, he was a Slytherin, and he was out for himself. It's true. And, and, I don't know. I think it all really depends upon the person, because look at Hermione, she's smart, most people are wondering, why isn't she in Ravenclaw? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what the Sorting Hat really, like how, what's the, the final deciding factor of mm-hmm. whether or not you're going to be a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw, Slytherin, or Gryffindor, because what if you possess qualities from all of them? Yeah. Because is, is it impossible to be hardworking, smart? No, oh, of course not. You know, I mean, courageous you know, and it, concerned about yourself? I mean, yeah, that's very true. I mean, I guess it comes down to is every student presented with the choice like Harry was when he had his hat on? Because, I mean, the hat did sound a little surprised that Harry was, you know, saying not Slytherin, not Slytherin and all that. And it's like maybe not every student, every student could just sit there and just go with it. But right. uh, I don't know how, how many more people other than Harry actually try to influence the hat to put them in a particular house. That's definitely true. But, but, but choices are definitely a big overarching theme in the series. Yeah. Quite true. Well, that's, a, that's a fun question. Sorry, Sue, if that gave you a coronary. Didn't consider <laughs> such a thought. Entertain such a notion. Let's move on to the next one here. Hi, you guys. I was just wondering what you guys thought about Cho. I don't particularly think we're going to be seeing a lot more of her in book seven, if she's even brought up at all. But I was just thinking back to, like, book five and how Harry and his relationship with Cho seems so much different than the relationship with Ginny he has in book six. For example, when um, Cho and Harry are in the tea shop and she starts talking about how Roger Davies had asked her out, how she could be there with him, he doesn't get insanely jealous. He just wonders, okay, if you wanted to be with him, why'd you come out with me? So I was just wondering what you guys thought of Cho, if you thought that she actually had any interest in Harry or if he was just kind of like a prize or a rebound and if you're sorry or not that we probably won't be seeing any more of her. Thank you. I say, yes, Harry's done with Cho because J.K. Rowling said so. Did she? And yes, Harry's yeah. done with Cho because yeah, it's like... Say that? You know, it's, it just doesn't she not said She didn't say it directly, but what she said was that Cho is... 5,000 people are yelling at me right now. Cho is... We have more than five thousand listeners. I, I, no, I'm not. No, I'm not saying all of them. <laughs> you jerk! <laughs> all right, I'm not saying all of them. No. All right, all right. One million people are yelling at me right yes, now. Thank you very much. No, she said. She's. She Rowling said um, that what's done is done, or something like that. Yeah. She didn't directly say they're not together anymore, but I think she said like she was tired of them or something. Well, maybe I'd be all about uh, 
It'd be all about Jenny, man. Jenny got it going. Oh, oh yes, we know Jenny is the queen of the world. I think the question was, is she done? Period. In book seven. I mean, I think we know she's done romantically oh. with Harry. But I mean, honestly, I think she'll fall on the light side. You think she could be a Death Eater? Because she's think it scorned she from Harry. Death Eater. <laughs> she's all scorned about getting rejected by Harry. I thought, yeah, it's just on the dark side. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, actually, I, I don't think we'll see her again. I mean, like it may be, you know, in the the what, what's the name, the epilogue of book seven. It may mm-hmm. be something like a brief mention of her in there, you know, in the Potter Encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. I think Cho's role is was to be a romantic influence on Harry, and now that that's over with, I yeah. think that's all to be said with her. She's she's certainly yeah. served her purpose. Yes, exactly. Next voicemail. Hey, John, Melissa, Sue. My name's Katie from Texas, and I just had a question about if you guys had a favorite ship, what is it? I personally am not an, uh, I'm not a ship person, but if you guys had, like, your favorite ship, I was just wondering what it would be. Thanks. I love you guys' show, and keep it up. Bye. Favorite ships. Gosh, you know, ship, of course, as most of you are familiar with. I think what it's is it? um, short for um, relationships, perhaps. And that is... Um, yes. Some people are quite passionate about their ships. Some people get into big, big arguments. arguments uh, wars, even, and uh, about this whole thing. But what do you guys think? What's um, Do you guys read the books with any particular ship in mind? Not really. I'm a Harry Hermione shipper, actually. <laughs> are you? A big HHR man. That's kind of odd that you say that because there's really not many clues for that to happen in the books. Oh, dude, you you have no idea, man. I don't. I, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm actually a uh, Harry Jenny slash Ron Hermione shipper. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Ben. <laughs> so, Harry Jenny slash Ron Hermione slash Hermione. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of slashes, though. Let's be careful where we put those slashes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking that, too. So what... Um, I guess I can't even really ask why you think that, because that's not a very exciting ship. What? What? Yeah, what you know, I want to know why Ben likes those ships. Okay. Tell me like why, Ben. Well, I don't know. Just... They seem so right for each other. <laughs> I know you're going to you say know? something like that. How how far do you think Joe's going to take these relationships in this next book? Oh, I think these kids gonna, are seventeen years matter. old. I, okay, John, what were you doing when you were seventeen, man? I know exactly. Okay, what I was doing but this when I was is 17. different. This is a <laughs> no, book. No, this is not different. How man. far this do you think is. Joe is going to take it? Okay, okay, okay. okay. Is if on you the were loose. yes, but if you were Harry, would you want to die a virgin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's going to really... save the world first, Ben. Right. Um. So, yeah, how, I mean, Joe may, well, you know, give reference to some of these activities, but I mean, I, she can't possibly write them out in too much detail. I don't, I don't do the shipping thing, so I don't really have a oh, response have, to this question. I really well, do don't. Agree with Ben's dumb. ships? Yeah, sure, I'll agree with them. They're very generic. They are, mm. well, I mean, that's one, one word to call it. What do you? What are, what's your opinion of the other ships out there? Are people's such as what? People's um, de- devotion to their ships. People, uh, I think they're nuts. Yeah, Sorry, I think it's, it's something to uh, fill their empty lives with. I think mm. they need to find something else. No. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a little harsh. It is. I'm just saying that. I think it's adorable. With, you, you're already obsessed with Harry Potter. 
why why do you have to be obsessed with like the relationships and be so convicted on them like they're real that if right. someone bashes them it's the end of the world why do you think that is there's like, got to be some kind of i can see philosophical if reason to that i can it's see like, if the relationship i can see if the relationships are actually established in the books but just making them up and like you know supporting them and i just you know there's some pretty outrageous ships out there mm-hmm. like things that i would never even yeah, it's beyond. I, I can't even fathom how they think these these up. But I mean, obviously, shipping this phenomenon hasn't hasn't started with Harry Potter. I mean, it seems so broad that uh, people had to been doing this for other other fandoms too. Right. I mean, do you think people do it in real life? I mean, with like their friends, like, oh, I think you and you know Susie belong together. Oh, I can't believe you're going out with that guy. This per- other person is so much better for you. And I guess it's just kind of crossed over into people's entertainment, too. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tricksy. Hopefully it won't ruin the last book for too many people. There's a lot more things to enjoy in the book than that. But yeah, that's why I don't, I don't think Joe will put too much attention into writing about it. Hi, this is from California, and I'm 11 years old. I, I absolutely love your show. And Sue, I think you're awesome. Um, I know this isn't an advice column or a call-in show, but I just had a question. Um, I'm the only person in my entire school that listens to MuggleCast and PotterCast. And my school goes from preschool to eighth grade. People in my school like Harry Potter, but the people that don't, they're always making fun of me and saying, oh, Harry poopy face and what whatnot. And it really just annoys me. Do you have any advice on how to block out these people? Oh, once again, I love your show. Bye. Yeah, punch him in the face. <laughs> no, this is an 11 year old girl. I don't think she's got oh. too much. Oh, sorry. I mean, even Hermione took her until she was 13 yeah. to punch Draco after all. Yeah, never mind. Don't do that. Yeah. No, but, um... And you guys run into that much? What? You guys are in high school. Do you guys run into that much? No, because I just tell them the circumstances, and it's like, oh, hey, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I got. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're in a little different, uh, in a little different shoes, because we got, you know, we, granted, we like Harry Potter, but we're also producing hugely successful radio shows. So we've got that yeah. kind of to put behind it. But just for regular Harry Potter fans, though. I'm surprised at 11 that would be happening because, like, I thought most little kids like Harry Potter and don't call him Harry Poopy Face. <laughs> well, I know. That's <laughs> so brutal. I know. Of a uh, of a thing. I could understand why she'd be upset by that, of course. It's pretty rough for 11. Yeah. yeah. Quite. But, um, so, you know, you guys don't have any advice for... Um, my, what poor, uh, this poor girl should do. My advice is to listen to MuggleCast. Tell them <laughs> she does yeah. listen to MuggleCast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's gonna get the answer on two shows this week. She's gonna get the answer on two shows this week. Oh, um, you guys talked about this. No, t- tell tell them that you met Harry Potter. Yeah, and you're best friends with him, and they'll be like, "Wow, cool." <laughs> I guess at eleven you could believe that. Yeah, and and then also say that you met J.K. Rowling. Yeah, if, if Dan Radcliffe doesn't work. Yeah, I five. <laughs> Bottom line, Harry Potter fans are cool people. But yeah, well, I think that's uh, quite, a, quite a bit of voicemails here, boys. So, uh, it was. I appreciate your, uh, your attendance, this lovely mailbag session. Oh, well, thank you. I actually you. had to, I, I couldn't be the screw around, John, because there's no Melissa. 
or Sue to lead things yeah. along. So it's not serious, John. <laughs> serious, John. I feel like I'm on Muggle Cast again. Oh, no, I mean, I uh, the best Muggle Cast. I did good. Well, okay, can't thank night, you boys folks. enough. Thanks, yeah. thanks a lot. Love you all. If you want to send more voicemails to Pottercast, <laughs> if you want to leave us your voicemail, um, then you can find us on Skype with the username Pottercast. You can leave us a voicemail in the United States at one seven zero two four two five three two five nine. People are listening to this, right? Yeah, only about five thousand, really. <laughs> five thousand this second. Also, that number, 170242-LEAKY. In the beautiful luck, you have a plus 02071932872, or you can email us at staff at podcast.com. Excellent. With something cool to talk about. You want to put something in our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 40559, Staten Island, New York, 10304, attention, the leaky cauldron. And if you give us some subway cards... We'll eat them right in front of Ben's face, and it'll be very funny. <laughs> very, send them to him. Very amusing. Now, what's going to happen he's now? A, he's abusing your Chipotle cards. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to treat you to a Chipotle on me, Ben. Actually, on podcast Aww. listeners. What do you think of that? <laughs> I would love that, man. I think, I think you owe podcast listeners a thank you for your future burrito you'll be eating with me. <laughs> thank you, podcast listeners. Actually, I get the tacos when I go to Chipotle. Oh, do you really? I guess that's yeah. one way to make them laugh. That's what I do, too. To extend your experience. Mm-hmm. All right. We're out of here. Do you need the hottest sauce on yours, John? I get hot everything. I'm hot, John. <laughs> hot, John. Oh, Are you hot with two T's? Ah, <laughs> uh, with a few of them. No, that's, uh-huh. that's just what they say. They're liars. Okay. All right. Later, boys. Hey, hey, this, Kent, hey this, this is Ben got- M. Parker ending <laughs> Mailbag 45. Yeah, this is going to be amazing, the transition. It's going to go from Ben, yeah. me, and John, and then Ben's yeah. going to get a voice change to Sue. Yeah, and <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! Ah, we're back already. Mm. It's catchy music. I'm not yeah. going to lie. You know, it's the drums. It They've been serving us mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we call them the drums, and that's what they yeah. are. Put you in a festive kind of mood. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah. And see, we actually play the drums as we record, <laughs> unlike other shows who don't <laughs> play That's their music weird. track. They just went out. I can't hear it now. We're going to get off the beat. You know, we've been trying to do that, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So. Of course. Well, g- good show. And we got to like. And all that. Look with the calendar, boys and girls. It's almost the end of June. And what happens? Which means. <laughs> We're gonna be. What does happen? I don't know. What happens? What? Yeah, what? I'm so confused. We're doing a couple uh, live podcasts, John. Oh no uh, way! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't tell you that. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I think we have room for you. We're gonna be doing the one in Vegas on July 29th, and the one in New York City on August 2nd before Joe's second reading. Woohoo! Yeah. Nice. Yes. And awesome. don't forget to. I feel like I'm taking over the show. No. Don't forget to RSVP, people. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Well, I think. Uh, yeah. But if you've already RSVP'd via hplive at gmail.com, you don't need to do it again. Yeah. We still yeah. have your reservation. If you've already RSVP'd, you are not allowed to go because you did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but 
no, 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 no. You're all, you're all set to go. Someone has been in there to organize them. <laughs> we will make little name tags for you on your seats in the back row. What? <laughs> what? Well, we're, we're filling up the seats from back to front. Oh. From we're not. I thought it was first come first serve RSVP. Oh, it's right. We're not. Johnny, about gave me heart failure. I have to do what? What? <laughs> no, we're not saving. We're not saving seats. Actually, um, it's, you are, can RSVP all you'd like, and we we hope that you do. But it does not guarantee you a seat. Sadly, yeah. mm-hmm. it's just uh, come come early, and maybe we'll even be there early to mess around a little yeah. bit. Right. Actually, we have a, we have an opening performance, don't yes, we? Yes, we yes. do. Rocking baby, Mister. Remus and the Lupins yeah. from Powdercast 42 or 43 or something. Um, we'll be yeah. there to sing some songs. Yeah. Oh, that music is really good. I've been listening to it a lot, I gotta say. Just, mm-hmm. you know. He and his band, those guys do some, some good work. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Oh, you guys what? didn't even pay attention to me. What did what? I miss? He's, he's a one man band. He's a dick band guy. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, sorry. Now he was he's a one man band. <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of, the, I the, kind of ignore John, but don't tell him, okay, Andrew? Okay. <laughs> Just kind of laugh every now and then, and, you know, I'm the built-in soundtrack, so there you go. You, you don't have to fill in for Melissa in that sense, no. like ignoring John. Oh, no, okay, sorry. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, have we hit it? I think so. No. But you know what, though? Do we want we want people, though, to say if they're coming to the one in New York, though, too. So. Oh, yeah, yes, don't forget definitely. that. I don't think we've asked people to RSVP for that yet, have we? We haven't. This is a new thing. Yeah. yeah. We have a way for that. You can RSVP for New York or Vegas or both yeah. by just clicking the right button. Yeah, because... Or both buttons, however... Whoever's going to, to Lumos and New York, I think, deserves special seating at the New York, or at least a recognition. Well, this is what. They have to bring their wristband from the Lumos yeah. podcast oh. with them. And if they bring it with them, they get one make-out kiss from Ben Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, they're all going to leave behind. No. <laughs> we want them to no, show nobody up. Ac- <laughs> no, don't accidentally lose your bracelet. Ow. Nobody. No, Ben, he's a good make-outer, I've heard. <laughs> I don't think we need to have okay. this discussion, okay? <laughs> yeah, so, so, Joe, that definitely means you for RSVPing on the new LeakyMug.com. Oh, yes, yeah, Joe, you get forget. clicking right away. There's a special, actually, there's a special I'm Joe button. <laughs> Just click we have it. set up... We have, have set up a, a Gmail filter uh-huh. for all emails from Joe to that RSVP box to be starred uh-huh. on Gmail. So we know Gmail does a star function. I like the star function. It's Very a nice, nice function. But it's a good function. If, you're, if you are going to be in New York, and I assume everyone knows this already, but if you're going to be in New York, you have to come to this podcast because we are going to yes. be having oh, totally. a lot of fun. And... Um, I think it seems like there's going to be more people there than there were for the premiere. I mean, I don't, oh, I'm sure there will be. I don't mean at the podcast, but I mean just like in oh, New York in, in general yeah. for, for Joe's event. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, gonna, I mean, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it's going to be it's going to be so much fun. I don't even know what we're going to talk about because we had just finished a big performance production. At the Lumos, right. we'll have well, to... that's why it's going to be fun, because we're just going to be sitting around going, duh, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> no. Just, we'll, we'll, we'll have, I'm sure we'll have all kinds of answered questions from Joe by then. Yeah. Yes. She's going to pretty much tell us who the Half-Blood Prince was. I know. Unless you didn't miss that book, that whole book about it. You know? <laughs> I, I want to make a prediction, though. How many answers, uh, how many questions she answers with a, um, you know, like a, I don't know, maybe, or you're clever 
kind of response because people are just gonna people have to really think about these questions because if they get too specific, like is Harry gonna marry Jenny or just end up with her or that kind of thing, she's not gonna be able to answer those things because she's gonna be like, well, how do you know he's not gonna live or right. die at all? Right. So you have to really be clever with these questions. Well, you- and I know when I ask her my question about what house Dollish was in, I think <laughs> she'll be able to give the answer without giving away. Somehow I knew yeah. that was, it had to be a question about Dollish, so that's a good one. Maybe she will, because she's not well, revealed that. We don't know. Fans everywhere want to know what house he was in, because it's really pivotal <laughs> if you think about it to the plot line. <laughs> I guess so. It really if is. you say, dude. <laughs> You really have to think about it. I don't know if you can think about it that hard. Like, well, I'm going to ask about Hufflepuffs, but like, that's a big shock to everyone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, so Joel, why do you why do you write such wimpy Hufflepuffs? No, no, no. <laughs> See, my theory is that Amelia Bones, who was awesome and and Voldemort had to kill personally, was a Hufflepuff because yeah. Susan was in Hufflepuff. So I'm just you that's, know. that's quite a possibility. Know, so She's no wimp. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, actually, I heard when Voldemort dueled Amelia Bones, he actually used his foot to hold his wand, just for something different. <laughs> You're such a still one. Yeah, pretty much. With his eyes closed. <laughs> Boo to both of you. Andrew, what house are you in? Seriously. I, I, Gryffindor, I guess. Are you? Holy cliche. I'm going to be Did generic. You sort yourself. Andrew, you've not sorted yourself. Well, where, where can I sort myself? On HarryPotter.com? I think I was Gryffindor when oh. I did that. Oh, they used to have one of those. It's they used lame. to have a sorting hat. Yeah, but it's not not a good one, you know? I liked it. So someone needs to make a good sorting yeah, hat. Yeah, we do. That sounds like something to put on the project sheet. <laughs> Our endless list. <laughs> yeah. no! It's a good sheet. Good sorting. Uh, hat. Yeah. Well, anyway, I wanted to I talk. Yeah. I'm well, just really looking forward to New York because we're just going to be going back to the same place that we I were know. at only what yeah. nine, ten months beforehand, and it's just going to be exciting. Our humble roots. Yes. Yeah. We're not going back to the same hotel though. So everybody who thought you knew where we we're going to be, that are going to come and try to crash our party. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to be at that hotel. People did show up there, though. I don't think... They j- did. Well, just because they were sleeping there, though, I don't think... Because they knew we were there, but... Yeah. It's not like... It's not like I mean, we found you. Well, everybody is invited to the podcast. Definitely. Except for a select few. <laughs> and, and no, don't listen a, to him. A, a, a select few is invited to the after party. Oh. <laughs> oh, are we having a party? Wait, there's an after party? Wait, What? <laughs> No, it's an impromptu get together. Oh, okay. At the, at Where the we're just like, cafe. hey, you want to go get McDonald's? Okay. McDonald's? Yeah, no. <laughs> Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to go to this little cafe. We're going to push all the tables together and we're all going to sit on one side of it. <laughs> and then Andrew's going to get up and lead us all in a song on top of the table. It's going to be great. <laughs> You know, we need to go karaoke. That's what we need to do. A, yeah. I thought you were making a reference to something that happened in New York. Was burger happened? No. No. Oh, it, it, it did happen in New York, some would say. No. <laughs> I'm lost. Okay. I think you would be lost. No, no, see, no, the, no one's going to know what you're talking about. This is lunatic. You guys should come to Okay, the- you watch the lounge. Uh, no. All right, you go ahead, you two. Stay on topic and talk about Harry Potter. No, I'm going to talk about Santa. What are you doing? I don't know. We need to finish your show. I'm trying to eat my bagel. 
Oh. I'm contemplating what I want to eat. Always. Yeah. Always in the um, So, we must apologize because I screwed up the show this week for Melissa. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to record a couple hours ago. Yes. And um, I set my fun little alarm on my little laptop to wake me up, do the show. And Somebody. my laptop, like it tends to do when you leave it on overnight, overheats and turns off. Mm-hmm. Very sad. So I slept right through it, and they were all wondering, where's John? And they didn't record the show without me. I know. Which is such a nice gesture that we had to go ahead and record the show without me. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks. <laughs> Next time they will record without me, yeah. and then it'll be so one without me. Are, and they'll be fair. Yeah, be fair. And then and then there'll be about twenty more without Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see everyone no, episode sixty five. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll book you in now. <laughs> All of you who are very upset at not having Melissa can go and yell at me in my thread. Yes. Okay, Do it. it. Because we were all sitting here waiting. Where's John? Yep. Uh, yeah. That's that. The Hufflepuff growled at you two. Yeah. Perhaps next week we'll come back with some of our regularly uh, seen segments, such as our limelight. Yeah. The ears will be back in a grand way at some mm-hmm. point. Big time. So stay There's tuned. We promise. I swear the Mugglecast are, uh, they're a lot more serious discussion than we've turned into. It's. It's something, except for our canon conundrums. We're all just a bunch of screw ups, I guess. Yeah. Here, you guys. <laughs> we try to make it fun, but I'm—I don't know. I have no joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Well, you guys, <laughs> you guys tackle a lot of good things. It's a fun show. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And that was my Muggle Cast plug you for being a Potter. Next week we're we're changing it up a bit. Ooh, By a bit, I mean a lot. Ooh. Is this like the same kind of change you made the last time that you announced some big changes? No. Um, when? How? No. <laughs> no. No new segments. Well, well, sort of. No new segments? Are you going to get Lori Demerald to uh, announce your segments? No, she's ours! Yeah, no! Looking forward to the new, mo- the new model cast mm-hmm. that come out on the same nights as Pyrocast now. I know, what the... So what it's, the it's, just, it's one one trip to your iTunes, that's all you need. Well, that's, that's the new thing. We're going on Saturdays now. No! Oh, is that it? No, oh. just kidding. <laughs> Rad. So that, so that would mean you would record on Tuesdays. Uh, well, so everything. if I wasn't so lazy, I mean, I usually edit on the weekends, so. Yeah. I usually edit. <laughs> Never. Like five weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got my, my power team of power podcast editors. Uh-huh. They rock. Love those guys. Actually, two of them have been on vacation. Two of them. It's just been Mike and Jeff going to town lately. They've been doing a great job. Yes, they do. Good stuff. Well, enough uh, okay. enough nonsense. Yes. Time to queue in, though. You're wasting time and all the other things. Yeah. Okie dokie. Dobby is free. Dobby is free! Squeak! <laughs> there you go. I gotta say, though, before we leave, this is probably one of the best podcasts we've done without Melissa. Oh, and about time, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I can remember. Uh, at any rate. And all oh, this would be pleased with that. I have to say, this is the I, best podcast with Andrew Sims on it, too. So. No. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> well, Andrew, you are welcome here anytime, dude. So just, you oh, know. Thanks. Anytime. Yeah. And Except for the times where we tell you you can't come up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, I think we yeah. need to go. I think, yeah. I think it's time to go. Maybe you'll hear John on a Muggle cast in a month or so. <laughs> yeah, now we, now we owe you. 
I know you. You hate that. You hate having me. Uh, on your you'll show. be a, no. I don't you, hate it. You wouldn't even come on your show I when don't. I was on your show. <laughs> You're like, I'm out of here. I'm not being here for. Apparently, this. Melissa doesn't come on the show. When I'm on your show either. I guess. See, there you go. We well, don't invite me. Favor. You don't invite me over there. So you're welcome too. I just Come on. need a need an open spot. I think Micah feels threatened. Our new oh yeah, Micah sure. feels threatened. Let's get out Stop of here. Okay. okay. Thanks so much, you too. Yes. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, everybody. Podcast forty six. Bye. Bye. Blimey, is that a time? Sorry, Harry. I'm going to have to leave you. All right. Let's go. Dobby is free. Oh, and about time too. We've missed it. I confess myself. Disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. That Melissa's uh, that Melissa's new cat peed on my picture. <laughs> she's, a, she's, a, she's a very loyal cat. She's a Hufflepuff cat. Melissa she's threw it in the litter box. Yeah, yeah. And then he woke up and got it's the it. morning message of his life. Yeah, I know. I got so excited. <laughs> yeah. And then I, then I got a well, terrible message from Melissa. I'm gonna kill John. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty much like her away message. She says that almost almost every day. <laughs>